Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You have your Bibles, Matthew 6, um, 16. Uh, beginning in verse 13 is where I'm going to be reading. And so today I'm going to begin a series called Identity Theft. Identity Theft. Uh, I don't know if you have ever uh, been a victim of identity theft or not. There's a lot of people that are. Over 11 million uh, people suffered from identity theft in 2012. And I would imagine that that number is quite a bit greater in 2013, especially as we move towards technology. Uh, there is such a risk as we... I never carry cash anymore. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I have a card or, or something that I'm using all the time, buying things online and, and so forth and so on. And, uh, and, uh, and so a lot of people are victims to that. And, uh, you know, it just affects a ton of people. But I, but I think about what I'm going to talk to you about tonight and, or today and over the next few weeks is that there's an, a greater identity theft that is occurring um, and has been occurring since the beginning of time. It started in a garden over 6,000 years ago when Adam and Eve decided that who they were was not good enough and they forfeited their identity. They gave their identity away for something that they thought they wanted or someone else that they thought they wanted to become. And they gave over who they were in God for something that was fleeting, something that never measured up to the hype and to the image that was laid before them. And here's what I believe today is that there's just a lot of people in the church that are suffering from identity theft, not because you've lost money out of your checking account, but because you've lost who you are or perhaps you've never discovered who you are in Jesus Christ. And I just believe with all my heart that if you're going to be all that God desires for you to be and really walk in a life that is blessed and walk in a life of understanding of who God has made you to be, you have to find who you are in Him for that to begin. My series text is going to be found in Acts 17, 28, and it says, For in Him we live and move and have our being. In Him we live. In Jesus we live and move and have our being. I believe that there's a lot of people sitting in the pews across America in churches today that are struggling with their identity and trying to find out what their purpose in life is, what God created them to be, who they really are in Jesus. They've either lost themselves along the road of life or perhaps they've never found out exactly who they are in the first place. And I just I believe that nothing in life matters. Nothing in life matters if you don't know who you are. Nothing in life matters if, you, if, you're, if you're at a loss for who you're created to be. And more important than purpose, we talk about purpose a lot in this church, and I, I'm never going to stop that because I believe that we all have one. And I believe we ought to be on a journey to discovering it. But more important than your purpose and more important than your accomplishments in life is who you are in Jesus Christ. Having an understanding of who I am in Christ Jesus is far more important than what I accomplish and what I do in this life because my impact and my value begins with my being with who I am. Would you pray with me this morning and ask God's blessing? Father, we thank you, Lord. I ask that you give me receptive hearts and open ears today, God. 
that, Lord, the people in these pews today, that, Lord, as I speak and as I share the things that we discover from your Scripture, that our hearts and our minds would be receptive to hear it, that, Father, we would not only hear but we would receive, that, God, we would not only receive but we would allow it to produce in our lives a change and transformation that causes us to understand the very essence of who we are and who we were created to be in you. Father, I pray your anointing upon me and upon this service, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, Matthew 16, 13, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, Who do you say that I am? My first point this morning is this, that we have to decide who He is. We have to decide who He is for us. You have to decide who He is for you. Who is Jesus in your life today? Who is Jesus to you? You have to make up your mind who Jesus is going to be and who Jesus is for you, for you to ever discover what your purpose and what, you des- what your design in life is and certainly to discover who you are in Him. We have to decide who He is. He's either God or He isn't. He's either a Savior or He isn't. He's either the embodiment of the mind, the will, and the intellect of God Himself or He isn't. A lot of us use Jesus as a patsy in that, in that we put him in this place and when we want to draw upon him or when we find an attribute or a quality about him that we like, we kind of piecemeal him together and we put him on a throne of a piecemealed God and we just say, this is who he is to me and this is what I want him to be. But I'm saying to you today, he's either God or he isn't. He's either the Savior or He isn't. He either is the essence and everything that we desire to be and what we should be striving for in our lives, or He isn't. We live in a culture today that wants to decide what kind of God they want to serve. And yes, we may attach the name Jesus to Him, but there is a very clear Jesus in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, this Word is who Jesus is. It is everything about our Lord. He is the embodiment of this Word and an example of what this Word lived out looks like. And so many of us go through the Scripture and we look at it and we think, yeah, I can take this, but this particular part, I'm just going to rip that out and throw it to the side because I don't want to live up to that. We need to decide who He's going to be. We need to decide what He is. I'm amazed at the uh, shifts that are taking place in our culture today where we can go through the scripture and we are, our culture is amazing at holding on to the peace of Jesus that says, judge not lest you be judged and terrible about throwing all the things out that Jesus tells us we should look like and act like and live like. Well, I don't want that part. I don't believe that part. It doesn't matter what you believe. There is a reality that exists beyond what you think or what you believe. There is a truth that is transcendent above our beliefs and our desires. There is something that exists that is absolute and unchanging. And what we have to decide, who's Jesus going to be for me? 
Am I going to take only what I want from him and treat him as though he's my personal servant in life? Or am I going to treat him as though he is God and he is on the throne and whatever he desires for me is what I will submit to and walk along with? Who is Jesus? We've got to decide who he is. Verse 13, Jesus takes his disciples to this this city, Caesarea Philippi, and he asks them first, who do others, who who are these other people saying that I am? He is building to a point here because what he's doing is he's bringing them to a place where he can establish this truth that will guide the life of the disciples from here on out. You see, he's really not interested or doesn't really even care what other people say about him. The truth is this. It doesn't matter what others say about who Jesus is. It matters who you say he is. It doesn't matter what I say about Jesus. It doesn't matter what your mama or your grandma or your daddy or your uncle or anybody else, your best friend sitting next to you in the pew. It doesn't really matter what they say Jesus is. What matters is what you believe he is. And where you put him on the throne of your life. It doesn't matter what others say. It matters who you say I am. Jesus is telling his disciples, look, I'm interested in what other people are saying about me. But the fact is, I don't really need to know that. What I really need to know in this particular moment is what do you say that I am? Who are you calling me? What are you looking at me and saying about me? How are you relating to me? This is what truly matters. This is between me and you, Jesus is saying. The fact is that I cannot discover Jesus secondhand. I can't discover Jesus secondhand. And you can't discover him secondhand either. The experience you have with Jesus Christ has to be one that is personal and is between you and him. We have spent, a lot of us in this room, have defined our whole relationship with Jesus based on what others have taught us and what others' experiences have been and have have, uh, neglected to have our own experiences and we've lived on a relationship with Him that is based on second-hand information and second-hand experiences. But I have to build my own relationship and I have to build my own reality, and the revelation that I receive must be a personal one. I must have an encounter with Jesus myself. Revelation and understanding are non-transferable. There's something that must be got a hold of by you as an individual. The fact is it never matters what others say he is. The release of my destiny is wrapped up in my personal revelation of who Christ is. Like I said before, grandma, mama, the preacher can't receive that for me. I have to go get it for myself. And I just believe this too, that people would be better served in our churches if we quit trying to get people to receive our revelation and equip them to find their own. Let me say that again. I think our church would be better served. The kingdom would be better advanced if we would quit trying to transfer our own experiences and our own revelation to somebody else and equip them to get their own with God. I can pray for my kids till, they're blue, till I'm blue in the face. 
But there has to come a point when they decide they want to serve the Lord on their own. I can't get it for them. And if I don't teach them how to go after God themselves, if I don't put them in a position where they can have some experiences with Him, then I am failing them. And I can't transfer what I believe. Boy, I've tried. I mean, with all the passion a person can muster, I've tried. But we have to have an experience ourselves. People have to learn for themselves. They have to experience Jesus for themselves. You have to understand that in this this particular time in history, Jesus is only just a couple of weeks from the cross. He's about to go to the cross. He knows this. So he's taking these men aside and he's trying to help them to solidify their belief and, and their understanding of who he is. These men are about to be on their own. They're about to to, uh, be dealing with the situations that are coming down the pike all alone. And they better start coming to the realization of who Jesus is if they're going to come out on the other side of these events that are about to transpire. So Jesus is putting them in a position. And he begins to ask them questions. Begins to cause them to think and to wrestle and to figure out what they truly believe. I believe that so many times people lose themselves and their way in the difficulties and challenges of life. It happens all the time. Well, I'm pretty sure I know who I am in Christ and then something hits me right between the eyes and suddenly I'm reeling, trying to figure it out. I've lost myself. You don't believe me? You think about people that have served the Lord up to a point or... They've had a good life up to a point, and they've had they've had some uh, some you know some good times in their life up to a point, and then something hits them right between the eyes and begins to change them forever. They're never the same after that. Why? Because they've lost themselves in the process, and they've let some circumstance or some situation define them, and they're stuck in that place. Jesus never wants you to be stuck in any place in life. He's taking you on a journey. And if you're stuck today, listen, I've got good news for you. God can help you get out of that rut and He can help you move forward. He wants to bring you into His presence and He wants to stand before you and say to you, who do you say that I am? And if you'll say you're my Savior and my King and my Lord and my Provider, He'll be that for you in your life. Amen. We have to decide who He is. Matthew 16, 16 says, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. The second thing that we want to take away from this this morning is that we have to say who he is. We have to decide who he is and then we have to speak who he is. Say who he is. Declare who he is. Declaring who He is is not just about saying it with your mouth this morning. It's about saying it with your life. It's about saying it with your actions. It's about saying it with the the expressions of who you are. It's about it being the very uh, DNA of your being. Saying who He is. Upon the confession of your faith in who He is, your identity begins to be released. Who Jesus is is the starting point and the origin of all things. John 1.1 says it like this, In the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him and without Him. Nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. Your identity, your purpose, your future, your blessing, your provision, it is all wrapped up in the person of who Jesus is. And if we don't understand who He is, we will find ourselves struggling through life, never grasping hold of what God has intended for each and every one of us. He says, it's nice what these other people are saying, but who do you say that I am? And Peter steps up and he says, you are the Christ. You are the Christ. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast, hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. For he who promised is faithful. Don't ever let go. Once you get a revelation of who Jesus is, don't ever let go of that. Your hope is wrapped up in that. And He who promised you is faithful. He's going to come through for you in the difficult times of your life. He will come through for you when you need Him. Don't lose Him in the process. We're doing this 30-day challenge and the challenge is that we're looking through Scripture and finding Scriptures that speak of who we are in Jesus Christ. I'll just tell you today that who you are is real similar to who He is. When He talks about being the light of the world, it's not just that He is that, you are that. It's not just that He is the provider, but He has given you the means to be a provider to other people too. Whoever He is, you can be. And He made it that way. And so when we find those scriptures and they 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 are they are revealed to us and we understand them, then we start creating in ourselves the very identity of who Jesus is and who we are in Him. It is the confession of our faith in Jesus and our confession of who He is that anchors us through the storms of life. It's what holds you on your course and your destiny. It releases your identity. It is in Jesus that we live and move and have our being. And I just, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what even the church says. I don't care what my circumstances say. I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth that He is Christ regardless of what my present condition says. I will believe and I will speak in the midst of it all that He is Jesus And He is God. We have to sell ourselves out to this truth and never waver. We are overcomers and victors because we have anchored ourselves in the confession of faith of who Jesus is. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 18. Peter says, you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God. And he says back to Peter, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. My third point is this. Yes, we have to decide who we are or who he is. We have to say who he is, but we also have to hear who we are. You've got to listen to what the Master speaks over your life. 
You've got to tune in your ears to Jesus and hear what He speaks back to us. Immediately after Peter confesses who Christ is, Christ turns around and says, Now let me tell you about you. You've understood who I am. Now let me tell you about you. Let me just give you some insight into who you are and what you're designed to be. I don't care what everybody else has called you. I don't care what the world has said about you. I don't care where you have failed and where you're inadequate. Let me tell you who you are today. And he turns to Peter and he says, You are Peter and on this rock I'll build my church. When we confess who Christ is, he turns around and declares who we are. But we've got to have ears to hear what the Lord is saying to us. God is speaking it today. Don't you for one minute sit in that seat and think that God is not speaking something over your life because I'm telling you today that He's not only speaking it, He's shouting it from heaven's throne room. The problem is that we don't have ears to hear it. We've got a lot of background noise. We've got a lot of interference that's coming along the pike and it's messing up our ability to hear what God is speaking over us. It becomes necessary. We learn how to filter that mess out. And I'll tell you, the best filter for your life is right here. The best filter you can ever get is right here. When you can't hear God, you ought to read God, Leighton tells us. Amen? And that's a good word. Because there's times in my life that I've got too much background noise. I've got a lot of voices in my head that are saying contrary things. But when I will crack this book and I'll start reading it, I can filter out all the nonsense and get right in tune with what God has to say about me. Hear it. You've got to hear it. Your declaration is always followed by His declaration. So hear what He's saying to you. Christ tells him, you're Peter and on this rock I'm going to build my church. And even the very gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, I find that interesting because if you read on in the scripture, you'll find that just shortly after, Peter drops the ball. Big time. Looks to me like God that the gates of hell should not prevail against it. He's not saying there's not some realities that will come along and fail. He's saying, look, I'm speaking a destiny over you that will ultimately come to pass. You may struggle to find it. You may fail from time to time. But if you will stick with me, if you will hold on to my words, this what I speak over you will come to pass. And you will be all that I've called you to be. God, this, you know, this relationship with God, it's not about never failing or never messing up. It's not about getting to a point where, you know, we think that mean, uh, being an overcomer means that we don't, we don't falter and we don't struggle. Yeah, we may have some even, we may even accept struggles. But we've never dropped the ball. We've never missed the mark. We've never failed God. We're an overcomer. But I say to you today that if you're sitting in this pew, even if you've got your life in a shamble, You're an overcomer today because you're still fighting and you're still going and you haven't thrown in the towel and you haven't quit and you haven't given up and it's a testimony to your victory that you're in this place today. Amen. Yeah, there's going to be mess ups along the way but God will always bring it around to advance you and to prove that what He speaks is the truth if we can accept it. I want you to look at what Peter writes later. He says in 1 Peter 2, 4, coming to him as to living stones. This is what Peter's writing. Jesus tells him, you are a rock. 
And later, Peter's writing in Scripture and he says, we're coming to the Lord as living stones. Does that sound familiar? It may be that Peter is embracing all that God has spoken over his life. There was a moment there when he stood before the Lord and he said, yes, you are the Christ. And Jesus turned and looked at him and said, and you are Peter and you're a rock. And Peter said, that moment has transformed me. That moment has changed me. That moment has held me through the difficulties of life. And it is a reality that I've anchored myself to. And I'm never going to let it go. Rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also... I'm not the only rock here, he says. But you also as living stones are being built into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. When your identity is released through your confession of His identity, hell itself cannot prevail against you. Somebody say amen to that. Two keys to hearing who you are. First is to listen to the one that truly knows you got to listen to the one that truly knows. There's a lot of voices speaking against you, trying to define you. Good-meaning people will lead you down a wrong path if you're not careful. Not because they desire to, but because they cannot define you apart from their own experience and their own identity. When I let others define for me my identity and future, they can't help but protect their own interests in the process. It's not that they're trying to hurt me. They're not, they're not trying to do anything to me. They're trying to help me. But they can't help but, but protect their own interests in the process. Let's look at it even in Peter's life. A little further down in verse 21. It says, From that time Jesus began to show them, his disciples, that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised on the third day. This is what Jesus is teaching them. Then Peter takes him aside and says, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Whose interest is Peter protected? Does Peter have ill intent for the Lord? Absolutely not. He has his interest in mind. But he can't define his future apart from his own interest and his own purpose and his own experience. And so what Peter doesn't understand is what God's plan is for Jesus. And Jesus has to take the authority in the situation and say, I hear where you're coming from. I know you have my best interest in mind, but I need you to set aside because I've got a purpose here that I've got to accomplish. No one can get that for you but you. No one can get that for you but you. You've got to discover that for yourself. I wish people would come and tell me what I'm supposed to do. I think it'd be wonderful. But I have to find it for myself. Amen. The second key to hearing who you are is refusing to listen to who you are not. Once I stand before the Lord and He says, I'm a rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against me. I ain't listening to nothing else. I ain't listening to nobody else. The only voice I'm attuned to now is what Jesus says over me. If he wants to come and add something to my identity, that's fine with me, but I'm not letting you do it. Amen. There are plenty of people around you telling you why you are not what God is telling you that you are. Then lastly... As I close, Amber, come to the keys, if you would, please. As you have to say who you are. You have to speak that. Part of this 30-day challenge is for us to declare and to speak the very things that God's Word already speaks over us. 
what I'm doing is I'm finding what God says about me in His Word and I'm coming into agreement with it. And I'm saying if Jesus sees this and Jesus believes this, then why in the world would I not? Why in the world would I not accept Him at His Word? Why would I not look to the everlasting God who my hope is tied up in and allow Him to speak over me the very things that He desires to. Don't you think the Creator knows how the creation ought to operate? Upon the revelation of who Christ says you are, your repeated confession of that reality is what holds your identity intact. Listen to me, the need to declare it, the need to repeat it, never stops. It will constantly be challenged and questioned But once you have decided who He is and who you are in Him, it becomes imperative that you say it and that you say it often. Notice, as homework, I'll give you homework today. Notice in the New Testament, when an author starts to write a a, a book of the Bible, he starts by a confession of his identity. I'll give you a few. First Peter 1 and 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. He says, that's who I am. Second Peter 1 and 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ. James 1 1. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 1 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. They understand that who they are It's much more important than what they're going to do and they declare it often and declare it loud. In our study on Wednesday night in Crash the Chatterbox, it says this. It says, The more I rehearse what He says about me, the more my activity will align with my true identity, the more I will become what God has already said I am. He goes on to say on the next page that this confession, God says I am is the primary force that begins to reshape our paradigms by informing our identities as new creations. So I just challenge you today, say who you are and say it loud. But that reality can only come after your discovery of who He is and what He has said about you. Would you stand across this place this morning? We have to decide who He is. We have to declare who He is. We have to hear what He says about us. And then we have to repeat that and say who we are in Him. Peter goes on to be great in the kingdom of God. But it started at Caesarea Philippi when when he acknowledged who Jesus truly was and received in return Jesus' acknowledgement of Him. I'm going to ask my altar workers to come and stand across this front. With every head bowed and every eye closed across this house this morning. If you're here today and you have yet to decide who Jesus is for you, this would be a great opportunity to declare Him as Lord and Savior in your life. Have you made up your mind this morning who Jesus is today? Or are you still struggling to figure that out? Have you solidified in your heart who Christ is and in your mind who Christ is and decided 
that that confession would be the guiding truth and central truth of your existence. If you haven't, then it's, it's clear that you're not connected to your purpose. You're not connected to a future filled with hope. One that is de- 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 defined by a Savior this morning. If that's you, and you say, I need Jesus in my life today. I need to make a decision today to follow Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed across this place, would you slip your hand up in the air and signify that today and say, that's me. I need to give my heart to the Lord. I'm away from Jesus. I'm not where I need to be. I've got a lot of things out of order in my life and I need God to help me to put things in order. If that's you, would you put your hand up in the air and put it right back down across this house. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.